This episode of the Italian Australian podcast was recorded on Wadandi Wadjak Nunga Budja. We pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging, and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening to this podcast. Bentornati a tutti and welcome back for another episode of the Italian Australian podcast. I'm here with my brother Lucas. How are you? I'm very good Josie and I'm really excited to be back again as I always am when we're recording these episodes. So I think it's going to be another interesting one for the listeners. What do you think? Yeah that's great. So we've got a topic tonight that Lucas has done the majority of the research for you guys. Um, so we're talking about people who are Italian, Australian, but you maybe didn't know that already. However, lucky for you guys, Lucas is here to enlighten you all. So yes, we, um, you've helped a little bit here, Josie, as well. We've gone over a few people that I suppose you might consider unsuspecting Italian Australians or something of the like. And we've got a few big names that maybe some of you have heard, uh, maybe if you research this sort of crazy stuff like me from time to time, um, you'll know some of these names, but I think there's going to be some shocks. So I think this is something that you've had on your radar for probably the last 25 years anyway. I have, and a few select mates who probably put up with me and will listen to this stuff will know some of these names because I've bored them with these facts. But, hey, it's actually not really boring. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these people are very proud of their roots and maybe it kind of just gets swept under the rug a little bit if they're not carrying the Italian surname and um, I mean it's hard to say maybe we could even get some of these guys on the show at some stage and sort of ask them but I'll um, dive straight into some so we won't go over and um, really get into every single person on this list however uh, towards the end uh, we will get into some of them but there's going to be too many otherwise to sort of get into details with every single person We've got about 20 names, I think. So I'll start with a few AFL players that people may not realise. So we've got Alan Johnson from the Melbourne Football Club. Um, he has an Italian-born mother. What's the name again, sorry? That's Alan Johnson. Alan Johnson. He's okay. played, oh, I think it was maybe three, four decades ago, from a little while ago. Um, but he's a Melbourne Football Club Hall of Famer and has an Italian-born mother. So... Um, I'm assuming that that's um, one guy that maybe wasn't the most standing out to be an Italian-Australian footballer mm-hmm. along the list of many Italian-Australian footballers. We also have Harry Malaki. Um, he was shortlisted for the Italian uh, team of the century that the AFL released. Didn't uh, quite make the final squad, but he did make Geelong Football Club's multicultural team and is also a Geelong Football Club life member. He also has Italian ancestry through his mother's side, so not carrying an Italian surname. Um, We've then got some modern players, um, Luke Ball and Josh Kennedy, who also happen to be first cousins. Um, They share Italian ancestry through their mothers, and Josh Kennedy also has Italian ancestry 
through his father, who I'll mention, John Kennedy Jr. Uh, from the Hawthorne Football Club, um, also has Italian through his mum. So Josh Kennedy um, from originally at Hawthorne, then Sydney Football Club player, actually has mainly Italian makeup, but he carries a Kennedy surname. So I'm sure a lot of people didn't put the connection together. Um, just around now, the AFL representatives, I'm sure there might be a few more, but these are ones of note. Um, Ian Stewart, whose uh, real surname was Cervi. He's a St. Kilda Richmond star, three times Brownlow medal winner. He's in the Italian team of the century as a centre. Um, he is Italian through his mother's side, but took the Stewart surname. Uh, and sorry, he was Italian on his father's side, but he took the Stewart surname of his mother. I guess and- that's probably going to be the, the most likely um, series of events here is that people have the Italian heritage on their mother's side, but people generally taking their dad's last name. So, yeah, no, that is correct. Um, so uh, yeah, I was mistaken. That one. So Ian Stewart from my research actually has the Italian on his father's side, okay. but the circumstances led to him taking his mother's oh, surname okay. as known as, so as Ian Stewart, but I believe he was born Cervi. And then Anthony Coutafides, who I'm sure some players know like Ian Stewart, um, as he was named in the Italian team of the century, which the AFL, released around 15 years ago. Um, John Kennedy Jr., who I mentioned before, was also in the Italian team of the century. Um, and, yeah, so Anthony Coutafides has the big Greek surname mm-hmm. but actually has an Italian mother. So I think, um, especially playing for Carlton and being around Ligon Street and these areas in Melbourne, I think um, Anthony Coutafides probably was definitely known in the Italian community. But just to the, you know, odd casual fan that sees the Greek surname or doesn't recognise that as an Italian surname, which is definitely not. Um, Big Cuda definitely has Italian roots. Well, yeah, well, I didn't know that one. But, guys, you've probably gathered by now I don't really know very much about the <laughs> AFL stuff at all. But, no, I definitely didn't know that one. I think your about... time to shine this episode might be coming Later towards on. the end, yep. hopefully, maybe not at all in this one. It'll just be me rattling off some some names um hopefully the listeners are enjoying um we'll move on um slightly so soccer there was definitely been representatives for the socceroos and in australian i was about to say football but we'll just keep that soccer to not confuse her um one of note though is tony vidmar who has a slovenian dad but an italian born mum. so he's one of the most decorated socceroos player um 76 caps for the socceroos which is the 13th most out of anyone um he also made the socceroos team of the century team that they announced and just looking at that team as i do with my italian view i could only see him as a third italian there um but we might dive into that um so the socceroos australian national soccer team um they announced their own team of the century and tony vidmar was part of that squad and there was two other italian descendants i believe only in that unless there's a couple of other unsuspecting italians so it's not bad i think there's three representatives out of the 11 so the Socceroos, so that's the people that are playing in the so World that's the Cup, Australian, yeah. you know, all that kind of. Yeah, so they release it like an all-time team. At, I'm not sure how long they've ran, but, I mean, it must have been 100 years or, or you know, longer. So, so they released their best, I think, 11 or squad recently, and Tony Vidmar. Okay, so he was uh, on there. He but made so that. So you're telling me that right now there's no. As well no... as John Aloishi and So Mark what about Bresciano. the current team? So the current team of Socceroos, you reckon there's no unsuspecting Italian Australians on that team now? Unsuspecting? No, I haven't I haven't done the research into I don't think there's too many with the Italian surnames. Interesting. But, um without giving too much weight to the listeners there there will be an episode on um soccer 
and the Italian inf- influence on soccer in Australia and that sort of stuff. So we won't say too much from that because that will be coming up uh, down the track and that'll be a great one. Sure. I don't have anything to say about it anyway, guys, so I can't give anything That's right. Away. We'll probably have to get some guests Even if for I those ones there. Otherwise, I'm just here with the microphone. That's it. Um, we'll keep on the sport. So go to tennis. So Mark Philippoussis. Sorry, Jesse, I wanted you know, to say that one. That oh, was sorry, your name one. that you knew. Sorry, you were having a sip of water and I got in. That was the one name I was going to hear Josie say. Um, I know you've heard of Mark Philippoussis, who, who has an absolute tennis star. Um, once again, similar to Anthony Kudafidis, the big He's Greek He's Italian surname. on his mother's side. Correct. His mother uh, is Italian-born. Um, I believe from the research and things I was looking at, um, I feel like he has stated he has more of the Greek connection and that sort of up yes that's right and this is one that i know so his mum is italian but she speaks greek as well so he grew up speaking greek with both parents because the mum had learned to speak greek as well which is pretty amazing i think yeah that's more or less what we came from Mm. our research so um interesting one there um we'll slide into cricket so we've got a couple here. Funny this one here. So I came across, I'm not a big T20 fan. I love test matches, um, as you know, Josie. Really, um, yeah, I'm not, I used to like the one days and I've never got into T20s, but really I only follow test matches now. So I must admit, I, I hadn't come across Spencer Johnson, who's an absolute talent. Not me neither. Um, so the day that we're recording this episode, I believe that he's very close to making his debut uh, in the coming weeks when Australia will be playing South Africa mm-hmm. and he's basically come from nowhere. So he um, has had a lot of injuries. I think he's around 27. He's a left arm, uh, quick, quick, sharp pace bowler. He bowls some serious heat what I've seen in researching him. And I've come across uh, him recently and I believe he burst on to the big bash scene earlier this year in the Australian summer. And he was relatively unknown due to his injuries. And anyway, he's, everything's finally clicked for him and he's just um just been on fire and playing uh state cricket as well this year he's just been who um, for where's he from so from south australia um but was kind of making his name for the brisbane heat in the big bash at the start of this year and then some really good form uh playing for south australia in first class matches um has kind of catapulted him into now being very close. And I think um, is in- inevitable he's going to be debuting for Australia national team against South Africa. So what was really in- interesting is that um, obviously we're speaking about him because he is an unsuspecting Italian-Australian. Um, and I went back and I found an interview from, it might have been from March, or it's fr- it from this year. And it's just an amazing story how he was so far away, at least in his mind, and uh, for playing for Australia that he was talking about um, as he is a dual Italian-Australian citizen, as is his mother. So it was his grandfather who immigrated from Italy when he was 19. Um, he was going to play for Italy at the World Cup. So there's a 2020 World Cup next year, 2024. And his goal was, um, I listened to this on another podcast that he was on, was to help Italy, number one, to qualify, hopefully for them to qualify, and then to go and play and represent Italy. Because like I said, he'd kind of come from nowhere with his injuries um, and wasn't really on the Cricket Australian um, scene, but he's had such a good big bash and then getting the body right and playing some really good first-class matches. Um, I actually read that. I didn't realise he wasn't in the squad, but he was on standby and was, um, you know, only a phone call away from playing in the recent uh, Australia versus England series in the Ashes in England if Mitchell Stark got an injury. He's a hmm. similar bowler, Josie. I know this doesn't mean too much to you, but quick no, left arm. I don't arm, know about my cricket. Quick, as quick you know. left I remember you got into it back in the oh, day. There was a phase where you really enjoyed it. 
um, some of the all-time players like Andrew Simons and these guys. I know um, you used to sort of love watching with me from time to time. Absolutely. Michael Clark and these no, guys. I do find it very interesting. Um, but, yeah, so basically he was on standby. Um, if Stark didn't get up for the last two games against England, he was apparently going to be catapulted into the team wow. as a left-arm bowler who can bowl heat and swing it both ways. Obviously, Stark um, didn't um, get injured and That's good. he made it. Um, so how did you find out about this, Spencer? Um, just from the sort of research that I do and um, trying to put together some names. There is a little bit of rain falling here in Perth, Western Australia. I'm not sure how loud that's coming through. It seems quite heavy, but... Sorry, guys, we can't control the weather. Can't, we're good, but we're not that good. Um, but, yeah, it is quite heavy rain. Um, but, yeah, back to Spencer Johnson. So um, it looks like, yeah, which is great for, for him, he's actually going to be representing Australia. So um, maybe the Italian national team will be sad with that, but I suppose there goes that. Um, I just thought it was funny listening to the in- interview because it was only from a few months ago. And, yeah, he full on said, you know, like I'm going to um, go and play for Italy and um, wow. My nunna was Italian. I'm very proud Italian. And then leading on to the next players, and so I'd just like to wish him luck as well when he debuts for Australia. He's got amazing Absolutely. potential. He is starting a little bit later, but at 27, hopefully he's still got a decade or so representing Australia. Also, um, I didn't know that, Ita- that Italy even had a national cricket so, team. So pretty this much, is news to me, everybody. Yeah, no, absolutely. Pretty much every country does, but they play in like a lower level. So there's different pools. Obviously, you've got Australia, India, South Africa, New Zealand. They're represented. I'm not sure on the wording, but then you've got other leagues. So the, I'm not sure the wording is someone will know about where you might have like Italy playing against um, the Netherlands and not just European countries, a lot of Asian countries. I think like a lot of countries, you'd be surprised, do play the game. But like I said, they're in different leagues. So you're not going to have a test match coming up where you've got, say, you know, Germany playing England, but they might be playing uh, France maybe. I'm not sure exactly, but I know Italy definitely does. So there you go. You learn something new every day, they say. The podcast is very educational. Italian-Australian podcast, super educational. Um, On that one, Spencer Johnson mentioned the name of Joe Burns, who I really liked. He is a former Australian test opening batsman. Um, So he is part of the Italian cricket setup I think in some level as well because I remember Spencer Johnson okay. mentioning him yeah, and I think sure. Joe Burns may not quite hold the passport and he is trying to qualify or that was the latest I think I heard but I know that Joe Burns um, has been documented having Italian ancestry on his mother's side and I think is trying to um, get out there and represent Italy wow. as well okay. if he can so that would be handy um, for Italy as well I was a big Joe Joe Burns fan when he was playing playing for Australia um just to touch on, um, this is an, a sour and an emotional one to even talk about when I say the name Phil Hughes, who is dearly missed by everyone um, and really was one of my favourite players. Nothing to do with Italian background or anything like that. I loved watching Phil Hughes play. Mm, oh, me too. So Luke will make fun that I don't know anything about No, that about was around cricket. the era when you used to watch it. That's right. You know, a decade or so. It was quite a while yes, ago. Absolutely. But Phil yeah. Hughes was an absolute rip, and you could just tell his cheeky smile and everything. Mm-hmm. He seemed like such a good guy. Yeah, um, well, you, you and me and Joseph, we used to love Hughes. Yeah, absolutely. So Akujino, uh, Joseph Versace, who you, you're going to hear. Um, a bit from him, He'll that's be for on sure. some episodes, absolutely. He was a massive Philip Hughes fan yeah, as well. Absolutely. The three and, of us used to go nuts with him. And then finding out that he was a proud Italian on his mother's side, it just really sort of gave him yeah. the extra yeah. boost that we needed to already really get behind him and support him. So Philip Hughes. Um, well, yeah, I can remember that. And then we thought, oh, well, that, that makes sense. That's why we love him so much. That's what we c- c- 
claimed. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what right. he used to say. But yeah, no, Phil Phil Hughes, um, very proud Italian on his mother's side, and he held he an Italian class passport. Player. I didn't know that, but class class player. Um, he was set to be one of the all times. No doubt in my mind, he was gonna break records, shatter records. He was already doing that sort of thing and just a run scoring machine. Just seemed like such such a nice guy. Such a sad story. So uh, we're not going to discuss um, Phil Hughes in detail here. For those of you listening who don't know, um, he tragically um, was um, injured playing cricket and subsequently died a few days later from those injuries. So that was, I can't remember what year that was. I think it was 2014. What happened that day can only be described as a freak accident I think everybody who was there and who was watching was in complete disbelief and just a sad, sad thing to have happened. Yeah, well well said, Josie. It was, um, yeah, such a tragedy, but, I mean... And Phil, a big loss for Australian cricket. Massive, massive loss. And Phil Hughes will never, ever be forgotten um, by us or by Australia, and he did so much already um, on and off the sporting field, so... Uh, we'll remember him for always. Now, the rain has stopped, which is one positive for this recording, which is good. So we hope it doesn't come back and not as heavy as it was just momentarily before. Um, we're going to list a couple of pop stars now, Josie. Now, this one here um, for unsuspecting Italians. Another one that I know. Isn't so unsuspecting. So I'm talking about the Veronicas. Yes. Um, they don't go by their names, which is a very Italian surname, which I think is Oriasso. It's going to pronounce it something like that correctly yep. in Italian. Well, I, I'm I'm actually not sure how they pronounce it, but Lisa and Jess from the Veronicas are definitely Italian Australians, and maybe a lot of people do actually know that one because, like I said, I mean their surnames always been made public. They just don't go by that as their music. I think I some people would, some people wouldn't. Yeah, I think a lot of people put that connection together. That's an Italian surname, so yes, maybe that I wasn't that. such a yeah, uh, I love exciting the one. I've got to say, guys, I'm definitely a big Veronica's fan. Yeah, they've made it and been big for I think about twenty years now. It's been quite mm. quite a long time. So representing the Italian. I Australians. don't know why they're called the Veronicas. I'm sure that question could easily be answered answered with a yeah. Some listeners will know. I actually Google don't know search. that one either as well. You don't know it? No, no. Okay, no, there no. you go, guys. Probably wasn't listening. an Italian enough thing for me to research. Um, I think actually to take a pun, I may have heard this may be wrong, but it's something to do with because their, their surname is quite hard to pronounce and that sort of thing. Um, okay, but I want to know why Veronica. That might be wrong. Someone will let us know. We can Someone Google it ourselves know. after this show is done. We can. Or we could even do it during the show, but we won't. We won't. Now, Josie, we're getting to the pointy end of this one where some of these names are getting bigger and bigger okay. and more Exciting. surprising. Um, so I'm going to go with John Eels. So if you're a rugby fan, maybe more so on the <laughs> eastern say, coast. Uh, I mean, to me. I'll let you off for this one, Josie, because WA, Western Australia over here, isn't massive on rugby full stop as a whole. Uh, but John Eels, very big name in the rugby union world. Um, former Australian player and captain. Surely. Um, he's the most successful. Doesn't sound Italian. I'll give you that. No, you're correct. He's on his mother's side. Uh, most successful captain in the history of Australian rugby. Um, and in 1999, he became one of the first players to win multiple rugby World Cups. Uh, what is interesting to note is that his mother was in turn during World War II um, because of you know, her Italian background. So um, I reckon a lot of people did not know that about Big John Eels being an Italian Australian. Um, 
So, just thinking who to who should we name here? The last couple for the listeners to build a bit of suspense because some of these ones I'm sure people don't know about and are going to be quite quite shocked. Guys, he's asking me, but I don't have the list. I'm just going to put that out there. That's true. Actually, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the only one with the show notes here in front of me. I've kind of kept in the dark with this one because I told you that I had some. Haven't good names. seen the list. I don't have um, the list. What I, what I actually might do, this is a bit of a wild card one. I'm going to ask, uh, I'm going to get some uh, opinions from the listeners here about Christian Vieri. So uh, I know a lot of people know Christian Vieri. What, um, I just, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, one of the best ever Azzurri uh, Italian national soccer players um, back in the 90s into the 2000s. What a lot of people may not realise is that Christian Vieri actually moved to Australia at the young age of four, Josie. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, we have certain fam- um, some family members who come at that sort of age and kind of I can compare it to their upbringing and in my mind how that would have pictured for him. So he's lived in Australia till he's 15. So I believe he's done 10, 11 years in Australia and was probably as Australian as the average Italian-Australian kid, maybe not the average Ital- um, Australian kid because obviously he's got uh, Italian. Well, actually, he's only got an Italian father. His mother was French. And his father's Italian. So um, they've come out to Australia. And Christian Vieri, quite an Australian upbringing in New South Wales. And he loved his cricket. So, which was quite interesting. At the 1998 World Cup, he got asked who his favorite sports star was. And, you know, instead of saying another soccer player or something like, like that, which I'm sure the journalist would have been sure he's going to say, he named Alan Border, who's ex-Australian cricket captain. I've heard of him, yeah. Um, and I think it was quite a shock, and that's become quite a bit of a quote around definitely the Australian um, sporting folklore that, you know, one of the most uh, famous ever Italian soccer stars still loves his cricket and loves Alan Border. And, um, yeah, so what do you reckon, Josie? Would you consider him an Italian-Australian, Christian Vieira? I mean, he's gone back to Italy at age 15, and he's played his professional soccer and career over there and has resided in Italy ever since. I think he's now around about 50 maybe, but I mean, I think we can claim him a little bit. I think he's growing up in Australia. Yes. I think as again, it's hard to say with, I mean, we can definitely claim him, but without knowing how he identifies himself. Oh, I think he has a big, a big soft spot for Australia. I've gone back as, as I do from, from the vaults and I was listening to an interview recently, which was done, you know, I believe, I think it was 1998, around about that time period. And he was in Australia and he just said how, you know, the affection he had for the country now, he spent a lot of time in Australia. Okay, we'll claim him. um, I've heard recent interviews and his accent doesn't sound as Australian, but I must say the early interviews when he hadn't been out of Australia for so long, maybe he's in his 20s, he definitely, you could definitely hear an Australian undertone when he's speaking big time, big time. I mean, it was majority Australian when he's speaking English. Um, compared to Italian, so um, quite quite interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we'll claim him. Why not? The more the better. Why not? Well, his brother Max was actually born in Australia and represented the Socceroos. So, there you go. Um, never played for Lizzuri, but, um, yeah, he actually played, um, I think, wasn't much, maybe five or six times, Max Vieira represented the Socceroos, so... Um, yeah, there's definitely an Australian connection there with the Vieries. So that was a bit of a wild card one. Um, but no, now, I like it. I in like terms it. of what we're calling the real, true, unsuspecting Italian Australians, I'm going to slip in a big name, which a lot of you have probably heard, 
And that is Sir Donald Bradman. That is correct. So Sir Donald Bradman had a great grandfather who was one of the first Italians to immigrate Josie to this wonderful country of Australia. So uh, from our research, uh, he's immigrated in 1826, born in 1807 from Genoa. Um, so he's came, settled in Australia. There's a long history there and other things I researched, but won't go on it too much. I think the listeners would just be more keen to hear that Sir Donald Bradman does have an Italian line. Um, it's been well documented if anyone wants to search it. And um, that, that that's one that I was quite shocked about. I, I read this maybe six or seven years ago, and I never knew that from back in the day. You know, you watch test matches and you hear about Sir Donald Bradman every time Australia plays a game because he was just an absolute legend. Definitely. Like, to know we that know he's got Italian he ancestry. I also heard about it um heard about it about six or seven years ago as well when of course Lucas found out and then told me. I'll so tell everyone. Yeah. yeah that's that's for sure. It was um, um no, it is definitely interesting and I guess that kind of goes to the heart of what we're speaking about in this episode is that there are people who um, and there's probably more people than we've even discussed tonight that they do have some Italian heritage living here in Australia and we um, didn't know about it despite the fact that they're famous in their areas. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully, I mean, obviously, Sir Donald Bradman's not, not, not one that we can, but some of these people I think would be very interesting as much as we're trying to, um, you know, have the focus on strong Italian cultures and parts of the cultures that are really... Um, strong and that sort of thing i think it's interesting speaking to people who maybe have a mixed background and mm, definitely um, other ancestries and things just to kind of see where the italian um, side sits and um how they connect to it maybe if it is a little bit down the line and that sort of thing because Absolutely. we've only focused on people you know things we've been talking about is a very italian theme but there are plenty of people around australia who um yeah have um, mixed italian and other ancestries and i think in time it'd be great to have chats with some of these people on the show and i mean someone like sir donald i mean i, d I don't know how much of a, if if any how much it would have been part of his life and i mean mm. um i'd like to think it was a little bit and maybe we could have a claim into why he was such a freak batsman that he was um realistically we'll probably maybe never know but um i'd like probably to think he had not. some sort of um part on his life and i'm sure he would have been aware of his italian lineage so definitely but so anyone else listening lisa jess we'd love to have you guys on i'm not sure if veronica's are tuning in but um if they are we could probably have a chat to them um i couldn't get to the bottom of it i think you can I'm only read, hope i'm not sure if they were calabrese or sicilian or maybe both i'm not 100 sure so maybe they can come on and confirm the origins all right guys it's my turn now to say a name very famous and talented australian musician I'm sure that many of you guys will know him. That's right. It is the very famous Paul Kelly. I was waiting for you to start singing, Josie. You weren't. I wouldn't do that to the listeners. You weren't coming in with, I wouldn't the, do that. with, the, with the vocals there? Nah. No? Okay. That's so, okay. guys, I love that song in particular. So, Josie was happy to hear that one I when was, I said Paul, yeah. Paul Kelly is an Italian-Australian. So, I mean, when you think of Paul Kelly, I know I certainly do. Um, you know, he's an Australian icon and yeah. one of the most um, celebrated Australian things, really. Um, he's been around, I think, since, you know, the early 70s, active with his music career and is just a phenomenal um, 
And if I can just say, obviously, probably means a little bit more to Lucas uh, with Lucas being a musician. But even for somebody like me, who I don't know really anything about music, even like for me, Paul Kelly is. Oh, exactly. So, I mean, yeah. everyone knows Paul Kelly. Yeah. Uh, because the sheer, um, I don't even know the word. He, he's just some, um, everyone knows Paul Kelly in Australia that is probably ages from, you know, young kids now because he's still producing music um, back to, like I said, 50 years ago. He's been dropping Longevity, hits, so that is. Longevity, exactly. Um, he's released some, oh, I don't want to say in case it's wrong, but like, I think over 20 studio albums, something crazy. Um, I mean, we'll be here all night. We're going to start rattling off, like, you know, he's won so many awards. I think, like, 17 Arias and uh, APRA Awards and, you know, some of the songs that he's got are just huge and they're just absolute anthems of Australia and he's collabed with so many so many incredible musicians like you mentioned Josie longevity um yeah he's up there with the best of the best we love Paul Kelly on the Italian Australian podcast um if you're wondering what the connection is just to confirm so it's quite interesting as well so Paul Kelly's grandfather was actually on uh, so his maternal grandfather his mother's father was actually Argentine born Josie in South America um to italian parents wow okay. so it's we going have... back a little bit so you can say you know his great grandparents um were italian and then they had his grandfather in argentina and from my research um he lived there till he was in his 20s and then he's gone back to italy so this is when he's kind of really got into the music so actually i think he was already um getting a bit of a name back in argentina but he's really gone to the opera with the la scala opera company in milan but paul kelly was born in argentina Josie, following? Is this an edit? Or... I'm not following okay. that. Well, <laughs> all right. No, so I'll just go His back. grandfather. If, if there's any listeners that weren't paying attention, like my co-host Josie, we won't edit this out. You guys can get the double drill. Guys, I'm asking the so, question for you as Paul, well. Paul okay? Kelly's grandfather, who I name as Ercole Filippini. Thank you, Luke. Was born in Argentina. I'm just saying if he, I'm lost, then yeah. you guys must be lost as well. Surely. So he's uh, started his career in Argentina, then obviously opera is big in Italy. So he's then gone to Milan um, and he has uh, become a baritone with the La Scala Opera Company. And then he's ended up touring all around and ended up coming to Australia. So that's how the Kelly line, well, sorry, not the Kelly line, but I mean this line, the Filippini line. Mm. Paul Kelly's grandfather had ended up in Australia. Um, But how amazing is that, that his granddad had all of that musical talent as well. Exactly, which is um, even more interesting. So he he ends up meeting, um, he's actually uh, one of his students. So Anne McFarland, um, later known as Nancy, ends up marrying Ercole Filippini. And then they obviously um, have children, which one of them is Paul Kelly's mother, Josephine, which happens Mm, to be your name, Josephine. And then Paul Kelly is born. So there's no doubt into the Italian... um, well, I'd like to say Italian, but, you know, the music bloods definitely be passed down. But, I mean, their music was very much Italian. So they were actually dedicated to spreading the Italian opera all around Australia. So they've kind of gone touring extensively all around. So I must say they were Italian-speaking. So I think a lot of people doing opera back in those days is, you know, it- Italian mm. language. But Paul Kelly's grandfather being born in Argentina, which I think is still to this day very, very Italian influence in Argentina. Yes. So being born in those times, I mean... I don't, so many Italians went to Argentina. Oh, huge numbers. And I believe Argentina 
we touched on this in a recent episode, Josie, in terms of percentages, and I'm pretty sure Argentina might top Brazil in terms of percentages with maybe 60% of people share some sort of Italian ancestry mm. in Argentina, obviously much smaller country than Brazil as a whole, um, but very Italian place. No, that's so right. So back in those days, I'm assuming there would have been so many immigrants and, I mean, I don't know how much Italian he was speaking com- compared to Spanish. In my, in my mind, I'm envisaging a very Italian household and, um, yeah, it would have been, you know, um, him moving back to Italy um, would have been very it- it- Italian sort of um, lifestyle upbringing and through his parents yeah. and then living in Italy for years. And then by the time he's come to Australia and then he's basically spreaded um, the Italian opera music. So I think there's definitely um, Italian claim to Paul Kelly. Um, I think so as well because so these are the things, the music, the arts, the food, like this is the kind of stuff that's really a big part of being Italian. And so for him to have a grandparent who lived through that, then Definitely. that had to have had a big influence on him. And once again, if Paul Kelly is tuning in, we'd love to have a chat with him and um, see what influence that it has had on him. Um, no doubt he's very proud um, of what his grandparents achieved. So it's awesome to note that Paul Kelly's grandparents started the Italo-Australian Opera Company and were remembered as being instrumental in sharing Italian opera across Australia. So the legacy lives on through their grandchild, Paul. Wow, that is really amazing. And I've always thought there's a striking resemblance as Paul Kelly has gotten a little bit older in life, as we all have, but Paul Kelly now to our nonno Rocco. Really? I swear. You have a look. Um, I think I've mentioned it to a mate or two and no doubt I can see. So when I first discovered this, it honestly didn't rock me so much. I can see Paul Kelly in that Italian sort of way. You know, I, well, I could see him already kind of with that bit of an Italian look in my opinion. No, so, interesting. Look, I, I never yeah, have. Yeah, a little bit similar to normal, but, but I'm definitely, guys, once we're done this episode in a minute, I'm definitely going to Google some recent images of him so I can make up my own mind. But what an amazing list that was. Um, I certainly learned quite a few things. Thank you very much, Lucas, for preparing that for the listeners and also myself. Um, So I think it just goes to show, doesn't it, what a talented bunch the Italians are. And I'm sure there's more out there. So I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, We want to thank you guys as well before we wrap up this episode for all your kind words and feedback. We've been uh, overwhelmed in receiving so much support through our uh, journey, uh, beginning journey of this podcast. But we'd love to hear from some other unsuspecting Italian Australians as well because we're sure there's more out there. Absolutely. Okay, guys, well, thanks for listening. Ciao for now. Ciao for now.